internet, I've buried worse. My name is Matthew Kroll. And this time you're gonna have to do more than killing me to kill me. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What's the acronym for that? D R I T M O M. Drip Drip right? Mom. Drip Mom. Drip Mom. Yeah, take I'm that. good with that. Let's just put that in the marketing <laughs> material. We are not going to dive. <laughs> into this multiverse by ourselves here. I felt we couldn't do it. I know that in our home universe, we are the only podcast about movies, but because we have had crossovers before, it felt like we should definitely have one now. So, fellow denizens of the podcasting multiverse, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to our guest uh, for all of this madness. You've seen her across the internet from places like Seattle by Night and Shakar. Also, not to mention, she is the co-host of the MCU crew over on Twitch, actress, writer, content creator, and one of the most absolute best, coolest as hell GMs I have ever had the honor to play with. That bronze girl herself, Jasmine Boulard. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a flattering intro. I always get awkward when I hear my bio. <laughs> But that was really good. Listen, your bio is vast, and it is vast across the multiverse of literally everything I adore on the internet. So I'm very excited that you are here. Is the Venn uh, diagram a circle? Pretty much. <laughs> it's just I the, think one so. circle, and he's in I'm it. Sure, I'm sure by the end of this podcast, we'll find something that just knocks that diagram to like a 99% uh, Warhammer. I do like Warhammer. See? There you go. Ah, we'll find it. Well, well find hopefully it. the Venn diagram includes movies because that's what we're here to talk about. We're uh, not here to talk about 40K? That's so, okay. <laughs> I don't All even right. know what that is. So the, the as far as the the, the, the D&D Venn diagram, I am so far outside, you may as well put me in another galaxy. Uh, but we are here to talk about movies. And uh, I actually spent some time listening to the MCU crew this week. And I had to be honest, I, I love listening to you guys. I thought uh, the conversations were really, really fascinating. Very deep dive. But it made me dread this conversation that we're about to have so much, uh, not because of any of the personalities involved, but the amount of detail that I feel is required in order to have this conversation. But so, so I want to try, if I can, to uh, to to maybe open it up uh, outside of the MCU in some way, and just ask you, you know, uh, this is a movie podcast. What do you gravitate towards in terms of your favorite movies or things you like to watch, or even what we've been uh, interested in uh, recently is like what you've been watching as comfort food during the pandemic. Oh wow, it's it's really strange because I come from a movie family. Oh, like, great. we were a family that celebrated like directors more than oh. actors <laughs> so uh, I, I grew how up can i with... be invited to dinner to this to this movie family like how do i get an invite <laughs> right i feel like you'd probably get along really well with like my brother and my dad um because my brother went to film school in in mumbai oh to really be a director himself and my yeah. dad has been interested in the industry since he was young too and so my dad really got me started with like really good films which i feel like made me a snob for the longest time <laughs> uh was ostracized a little bit as a kid because i remember not really being into star wars mm. but being obsessed with alien even when i was like Look, a little this venn baby. diagram just suddenly shifted by the way it, like it's completely <laughs> the dynamic has changed in the room go ahead yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny because now i can enjoy star wars as like a popcorn film but i mm. remember when i was young like my my dad kind of 
would change the channel when it was on TV. He just, you know, he was he was very much like the type of person that enjoyed Clint Eastwood films and uh, Tarantino films. So right. these are the movies I grew up with, and that was what I had an appreciation for, as well as like classic Bollywood cinema, which right. of course had amazing music and and actors that can do it all. They can they can dance, yeah. and they're they're amazing actors as well, and. So my my love for movies started back then. Um, mm. Now I think I've loosened up a lot. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I'm not quite as as like this is garbage. But I, even though when I was young, I really wanted the cosign, um, yeah. which is why I got so into Lord of the Rings because I remember watching that film at the time I lived in India because when I was young I moved there to give you a little yeah. backstory, and uh, I was watching it with my brother it had just come out on DVD. We were kids. And my dad is sitting there and I'm waiting for him to say something like this is this is bullshit. And instead he's like, this is really good cinematography. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> me and my brother were like, what? Dad, like yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's like the one like po like huge blockbuster movie that I feel like he'll sit and watch. And he'll like be sitting there nodding like, mm. <laughs> The way they frame the shot, really good, really good editing, you know, and I just, it was so good. Um, but yeah, I've, I've since then, like, learned to enjoy other movies, even though my comfort food still comes into those, like, I love drama. So, like, Peaky Blinders has been right. my yeah. comfort food in the pandemic, and Ozark, and yeah. Fargo. I yeah. still go for those, like, Tarantino-style, just bloody films with lots of drama lots of intrigue i'm a big killian murphy fan i'm a big jason bateman fan arrested development falls in that too i like all the seasons mm -hmm. except the newest right. one but those are my comfort foods is movies, it, movies and shows uh, about gangsters yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's oddly the bollywood thing i think is is maybe a bit of a shared uh shared interest because you know that was what my family watched as well and then what happened with my family is that my mother would get us interested she would like look at what won the best foreign film and make us sit down and watch it and um <laughs> and so you know like uh i i think i recall uh us sitting around and and you know what's interesting about what you were saying as well is that i realized how much older i am than you uh because the the, the tarantinos were like high school movies for me uh, not my childhood movies and sometimes in college as well um but like uh it was funny because i i actually started revisiting some of the older films that i watched as a kid with my mother and i was like uh like i, I rewatched kundun recently the martin scorsese film mm -hmm. and i and and that and the last emperor played at our house on rotation quite a lot so it was like we we, we we had that sort of similar vibe, which was that at, at the same time we would watch any Bollywood movie that came out, like just any any Bollywood movie mm -hmm. that came out, we would watch. You know that that would get a pass. But then my dad, my brother, and my mom would have like that same. Um, I guess they they weren't as specific about the like directors or knowing much about it, but they were like, I want to go watch the best foreign films. I want to go watch the you know the, whatever one best picture that year. I want to go watch the movies that like people are having conversations about. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a that's a that's a great starting point because I think then the Venn diagram of where me and Matt sit in and how this conversation about Doctor Strange uh, I think is going to be really fascinating. Um, it, it's weird. I'm I'm I find myself jealous of both of your parents in this particular way. My my family did not dislike movies by any of the imagination, but like they didn't um, laud them or praise them or look any deeper than like oh what's playing this right. cool like and then that was kind of it. With that.
like the the and I've 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 mentioned this before. Like my my only history with like my parents like really wanting to show me stuff was whenever my mom was out of town and my dad wanted to like be like, yo, have you heard of the movie Predator? I'm like, dad, I'm like 11 or 10 or whatever it was, and he's like, your mom's gone. We're gonna watch Predator too, and he shows me the case, and it, I just remember like my little brain remembers this. The tagline of that movie is, he's in town with a few days to kill, and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever that I, my dad I think was gonna show too, me. By the way, I think it is Predator Two. Yeah, it is Predator Two. Yeah, it is Predator Two. Anyway, so I, I don't have this familial thing, which I think is probably why um, initially I feel like my my thing was more like the sugar before the actual substance, which I eventually got into when I went to film school and all that jazz. So I came I came at this from a different a different uh, uh, a multiversal direction. <laughs> I mean, um, me and my brother did like our fair share of probably what we would call junk food. Right, because we still joke about how obsessed we were with the Matrix when it came out. We oh, yeah. like yeah. that was the movie that inspired us to be like, we want to make something one day. Like we were like, this is so cool. This is probably the greatest thing ever made. <laughs> we were obsessed. We, if you asked us back when we were kids, like, what's the greatest movie of all time? We probably would have said the Matrix, which right now might make people cringe. Uh, but back no, then, we, we revisited the Matrix just recently, and it, uh, that. It, I think that's as important a cultural touch point as Star Wars uh, in its time. Matrix you know. One, absolutely. The, 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 <laughs> we don't the two talk, and three. We don't talk about the other ones. <laughs> I gotta say though, and I, you know, this I got, might, I got maybe a soft spot for Revelations. Maybe, maybe this will be where our Venn diagram shifts. I'm oh, gonna no. find it. I'm gonna find it, Jasmine. Revolutions. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I really liked Resurrection. <laughs> Is that the new one? Yeah. I haven't seen the new one. Oh, really? <laughs> no. I would be so interested in your take on that. Please let me know if and when you do, but that would be a whole other discussion. We uh, That was our longest episode on with Patrick Willems uh, a while ago, uh, and that was a yeah. long conversation. There's a lot to unpack. There is, there is. <laughs> um, so, spinning that back to, um, I guess, sort of the MCU and your involvement in watching and, and discussing these films, how, so the, uh, tell us a little bit about the sort of MCU crew and what you guys do over there. Is it, you know, what's the format? How long has it been going, et cetera? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I think we've been doing it for like a year now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It kind of started over the pandemic. Mm. And um, really, it's because uh, I'm friends with JP and Jesse and, they just wanted somebody or people. They they just wanted an excuse to get together and discuss these films, mm -hmm. and they think of me as kind of a comic expert. Although I'm not, I think it's impossible for anyone to be a comic book expert because there's too much out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do like reading comic books. Uh, I came into the MCU as one of those angry grognards. I was like, this is nothing like the comics. And since then, I've. <laughs> I've accepted that it's different and it's mm. its own continuity and its own thing and that's okay and that's good. Because having had shows that were directly ripped from the comics, I've seen the light and understood that sometimes when you do what's on the written page, it does not translate at all. Yeah. Yeah. So so and 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 I've I've gleaned this roughly and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Doctor Strange is one of your one of your favorite characters in the in the Marvel pantheon, would that be safe to say? Yes, yes. I, I do have a one sixteenth scale uh, sideshow collectible maquette behind me of Doctor Strange. <laughs> We're not going to talk about how much it costs. No, um, never do that. Yeah, and I, I do tend to collect Doctor Strange vintage comics more so than uh, any other. I think, like, just diving through... 
a lot of times when you dig back, like like when you find a character you really like, and then you run out of the current stuff and you start going backwards. Exactly. Yep. It's not as good. Sometimes mm. it is as good. Like Chris Claremont stuff with the X Men and stuff, amazing. Mm -hmm. But other ones, I found myself like not really being into it. But with Doctor Strange, the further back I went, the more I liked it. Now, do not get me wrong, it is wrought with Orientalism. There is yes. some very problematic stuff in there. But it also, for the first time in my life, made me feel cool about like Indian and Asian spirituality. Like st like yeah. things like meditating. I'm sick, we meditate, you know, and, and like the ideas of astral projection and stuff like that. These are concepts that have been around, you know, in my country for, for centuries that we kind of got made fun of for. So seeing a superhero that made it look cool it just it just always spoke to me. It was a character that always spoke to me. So he's definitely one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Yeah, no, that makes that makes absolute sense. Uh, the 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 other cross section here, as we sort of get into the film itself, as we slowly inch our way toward discussing this actual movie, where are you on overall? If you even have a point on this spectrum, on the Raimi spectrum, do you enjoy his films often? Were you a fan of the original Spider Man's, or even like Dark Man, or any of that stuff? Like, did have you have you vibed with Raimi before or ever? Yes, I have, and I loved the newest Spider Man movie. Like, I it was. I think like, are, can we talk about spoilers with it at all? I think at this point, spoilers, everybody, for Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, uh, they will come. But I think everyone kind of knows the, the gist by now that would that would be like, what the fuck? Uh, they, they, yeah, they got it. I, I think it was such a ballsy move to take that risk of sort of canonizing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield because Marvel has never had the balls to do it. Mm -hmm. Like up until recently, they always put an escape hatch in, whether it's WandaVision, they always put in a way for them to say, well, this is a whole new character or this is this isn't really it's just a reference. You know, you never know if they're just doing fan service or if they're saying, no, this is an alternate reality. And Raimi's that bitch. He's the one that's like, no, they're real. They're also Spider-Man. And guess what? All of their powers work differently because that's also canon. And also, guess what? And you're just like. Thank you for like finally not pussyfooting around or trying to like create that escape hatch for yourself. Or at any point in time, you could say, "Well, it just looked like the Tobey Maguire right. Spider-Man." <laughs> right. They, like it, they it, did it, in it, WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm sure we'll, I, we'll just. Yeah, I am not caught up with WandaVision. So this is actually going to be an interesting conversation because I, a lot of this <laughs> Wait, relies so, upon. No, this is perfect, Jahir. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking for you. You're my you're my white whale. Well, it didn't I have needed to look someone <laughs> who hadn't seen WandaVision yes. who now saw Multiverse of Madness. I am also very curious on your takes and and stuff because it's like without that context, I'm curious if the movie even makes sense. So, right and and to preface, uh, everyone who listens to the show knows uh, knows this. We we there, MC the MCU has like weaved its way into the DNA of this show in really yeah. interesting ways <laughs> over the course of the last five six years. Uh, it is an inevitable there, it is inevitable that the that most of our conversations revolve around the MCU in some Thanos way. Reference because there you go um, <laughs> because because in many ways the MCU is the point of distinction between what Matt and I appreciate in cinema. Um, I have tried. Uh, my darndest to to take an appreciation of them and and I am in many ways 
always in admiration of the films. I'm always in admir. There, there is, there is no denying the magnitude of what has been achieved through these what 22, 23 films, twenty eight, twenty eight, uh, God, uh, and, and numerous TV shows. The, 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 the scale of this is unprecedented. Uh, my point has roughly always been um, that, with a few exceptions, uh, I tend to forget about these movies fairly quickly, um, and and they don't they don't linger very long in the. Uh, in, in, in the gray matter for me. Um, but, and, and interestingly, uh, over the course of the pandemic, many of these films have been released in theaters. And I, um, uh, as I have a family, you know, was, was opting not to go uh, to the movie theaters. Uh, it was kind of like, you know, I, I felt that that was something I could give up uh, for the safety uh, of the family during the pandemic. Um, but I, uh, and so we've done three or four episodes, I think, uh, you know, with Eternals, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and there was one, and Shang-Chi, yeah. um, which I did not, uh, you know, so I didn't see any of those. And I recently kind of, you know, just, just very loosely caught up with them. Um, and and it's, it, it's what, what was fascinating is to watch them out of the context of the immediacy of the opening night. Right. Um, you know, in the opening night hype where everyone wants to discuss the spoilers or discuss what's happening or, or talk about its box office, there is that sort of context surrounding the film. And it's really interesting to watch these movies completely devoid of that context. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching The Eternals like many moons later, uh, you know, at home on Disney Plus, um, just thinking, well, this is from the director of Nomad Land. What? Yeah, and that's my only context for the for this particular film. Um, so I've only recently caught up with them, but I did get to go see um, Doctor Strange uh, and the Multiverse of Madness, and I picked I picked a couple of things uh, for my screening. One was I saw an IMAX 3D, which was not by choice, but it was. But the people who uh, I went with um, op- uh, suggested that. And the other thing was I went with uh, a group of people who work in comic book uh, writing and uh, um, mm-hmm. comic editing. And so these are people who uh, know the lore intimately. Um, and you know every in reference, you know, like if there was a character sitting on a bus at the back of at the back of the bus who happened to be referenced in Doctor Strange number 35, they would know that. Um, And so it was really interesting to watch it from that context. Um, So in some ways, completely immersed with people who love and adore and know and understand this world, and then being a person who's kind of just wandering in off the streets like a bozo uh, with no idea what's happening uh, and have not caught up with uh, WandaVision at all, which I think uh, was an interesting way to watch this. You buried the lead on that, though, Shahir. What's that? You saw it in 3D? They still have 3D movies? IMAX 3D, no less. (laughs) In In a real IMAX theater as well. Wow. wow. Yeah. I Which, I, okay, so, you know, <laughs> to get it out of the way, I did not, I enjoyed the IMAX of it. I do, I still do not enjoy the 3D of it. Yeah, 3D I've never, has been used. Yeah, yeah I've but, never liked 3D movies. I don't know why. 3D I, has been used well once in current day uh, cinema, and that was for Tron Legacy because it was 3D when they were in Tron, and it wasn't 3D when they were out of Tron, and it was a narrative reason, and I liked it, and that's the only time. <laughs> oh, that's actually a very cool concept. I'd yeah. never thought of that. That's yeah. really cool. You know, this is this is really interesting, Shahir, because um, I think oh, I almost forgot his name. I remember right now, Ethan Hawke, mm. who was in Moon Knight recently, yeah. had mm-hmm. an interview where he said something that really resonated with me. And yeah, kind the, of is, uh, is the, relates the, back the thing to what about you were Doctor saying. Strange and yeah, art. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I heard the interview. It's it's actually a few years old, but it's just been circulating again. Uh, yeah. For some reason, Ethan Hawke's. Uh, Ethan Hawke is kind of like molding into a young version of Jeff Bridges, I think, as the dude. He's just got like cool, yeah, you know, really Sorry. good takes. But he was yeah. talking about how now everything is a competition. 
Mm. And so you can't see a movie without immediately talking about what its box office is like, how big mm -hmm. its opening was, even though all these films are traditionally successful, especially mm. MCU films. There is a subset of people out there that believes Eternals was a flop just because it didn't do as well because it is sort of a competition. Yeah. And mm. I, I find that to be interesting because... I think watching movies outside the hype sometimes is a good thing because the other yeah. annoying thing when we talk about the MCU is people tend to talk about, well, what does this mean for the greater MCU? What does this mean for the greater MCU? Yeah. Versus yeah. just enjoying the movie for what it is. So if it doesn't have an impact on everything else, then it's almost like the movie gets dinged for no other reason than, well, this doesn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, that's something I, in, in, in as time has passed, I've actually really respected more about Eternals. Yes, did Eternals not do as well as other Marvel films financially? Sure, whatever. But I think it did exceptionally, exceptionally well for a film that had zero knowledge and/or reference of the rest of the EC or the MCU in it. Like, mm -hmm. there's there's something to be said for that, and I I love that. Uh, I have to look up that Ethan Hawke uh, interview because that makes total sense. I've been side note, gonna fanboy out a little bit on Ethan Hawke. Mm. We've just I just saw him recently in two very different things: one, uh, Moon Knight, mm -hmm. and the other, The Northman. <laughs> and that man has range. He does. And it is absolutely wonderful to see him, like, camp it up in something and then do something completely different. So I, I, he, I will trust him. He went through Ethan this Hall. really fascinating period, I think, in the, um, in the early noughts where he was, like, willing to do almost any, you know, kind of traditionally B-actioner. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's, he appeared in, a, I, I, I can't remember the name of it, I think it was Dane. Uh, Night Fighters or something like that. That was the title <laughs> of it. It was like a vampire film. But he was like, the thing, the other quote that he's going around about, you know, that, that's going around with him is he was like, look, um, what he doesn't believe that there is high art or low art. There is art that is made with passion and art that is made uh, for money. And he says he prefers the art that is made for, mon uh, <laughs> for money. Uh, art that is uh, made with passion and love. And so he says in that context, for him, Doctor, and he references the first Doctor Strange because he also has worked with Scott Derrickson quite a lot. Um, you know, he said the first Doctor Strange to him is uh, a really a passion driven project and he loves that movie. He says, you know, then there are other and but at the same time, he loves Fanny and Alexander or, you know, he makes the the before trilogy, which are his passion projects. And I think so his his he sort of comes uh, as he's talking, he comes to this point, which is like the, the challenge with the MCU in particular is that there are people or there is this sort of common Perhaps unfounded thought that this is the for, for for a number of younger people this is the only thing they watch and the only thing mm. that they're interested in and and they're they're the because of the way uh, Disney and the MCU proliferates itself through our popular culture and 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 takes you know the, uh, when Martin Scorsese was kind of uh, dragged for saying that you know the MCU was kind of like a roller coaster ride of you know roller coaster uh, ride instead of a movie um, you know. I, his point was, if you go to the movie theaters, you're seeing, you know, only screenings for Doctor Strange as opposed to other things. And so I think it got to this sort of interesting point, which is that I think that, you know, there's there's definitely a place for the MCU. And I, and I certainly can see, um, particularly with my son, uh, a place where we could like really have fun with it and get him, you know, like he could certainly be into the lore. He already is. Uh, it's hard for him not to be. Um, but, you know, it's that exposure to other material that mm -hmm. doesn't operate like the MCU does, that doesn't, you know, like that doesn't 
cater to that particular uh, endorphin rush that the MCU offers that I think is it would be interesting. And, and I, we should get into it as we talk about Doctor Strange. Sometimes well, I like depressing movies. I, oh my you God. know, yeah. I, I know that people love the MCU because of their feel good popcorn flicks. But once in a while, I need a Minari, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I want to uh, yeah. watch a sad immigrant story that is, <laughs> comes from a really authentic place and be like, oh, I think that's why I loved when Taika Waititi took a crack at the MCU mm -hmm. because yeah. I was already familiar with Hunt for the Wilder People uh, and kind of like knew that with him things come from a really, and, and Jojo Rabbit, like things come from mm -hmm. a really... Um, mm heartfelt place they come from almost from like a place of like wholesomeness even if the content and subject material is like very dark yeah and i think we definitely there are there's de like in terms of that spectrum that ethan hawke is mentioning you definitely see that spectrum even within the mcu in terms of projects that are 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 made with passion uh and then projects that certainly feel like they're just either a continuation of story just for the sake of continuing the story or projects that don't really feel like they um, live up to that same sort of passion. I think James Gunn is a great example of someone who makes these films with a, with a lot of love. Um, but, you know, we can talk about the others as we go along as well. I was going to say, I think this film, just sort of getting into it a little <laughs> bit before I, of course, tell you what the Internet Movie Database describes it as, um, the I think this movie this is my hot take to start us off, is both of those things. Mm. <laughs> it is uh, a group of people making it with love, and it is a group of people making it for money. And they might be the same people. Some of them <laughs> might, some not be. Uh, you know, it could it sort of could rotate around. I saw sort of both sides of the, uh, the cinematic uh, monolith on this one, uh, personally. Um, so tell us what it's about. What well, what is Dripmop about? Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> sure, I can't uh, do it justice. So of course, the good people over at uh, the IMDb uh, tell us that Doctor Strange is about Doctor Stephen Strange, who casts a forbidden spell that opens a doorway to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself, whose threat to humanity is too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff. Now. <laughs> That's not what it is. No. But I, I Jasmine, I, I apologize. This is a thing we do for every movie, and I rate I rate the description because yeah, Matt's got a hang up that he believes that the Internet Movie Database is written by one person one who is trying to human, miss with maybe. Matt's head. Yeah. Um, I it's a bad description because it's not true. However, comma but I'm actually thankful. That it is this, though I do wish maybe they will change it eventually. Like this could be just to throw off some sort of MacGuffin-y things to keep it as general as possible. I think I could have written something that would have been not dead wrong, uh, but also not give away the stuff. I don't know. I'd say it's like a three out of ten for me personally. <laughs> I, I, but well, <sighs> if it's a three out of ten for Matt uh, on the IMDb data, um, <laughs> database description, Jasmine, what was your first impressions of the movie? Oh, it's such a tough one. It's this <laughs> this is a tough one. It's a tough one to assign even a number value to because I think I loved and disliked it in equal measure. Right. Um I go into these movies for narrative. Like I'm a writer and so narrative means a lot to me. And in some ways there's places where they did a really good job with the narrative in this film and they had some really amazing character development and character progression. But then there's other places where I feel like there were just plot holes and things that to me didn't make sense. But it also is the most heavy on fan service I've ever seen 
like mm. anything to do with Doctor Strange. Like we, I, I thought the apex was going to be seeing Doctor Strange with like the multiple arms levitating in the air in Endgame. Mm. This movie upped that by like mm -hmm. several <laughs> orders of magnitude. Like the stuff we saw Doctor Strange doing in this harkened back to cheesy 70s comics like it was they did not have Raimi did not have any shame in making things campy and making things over the top and making things a little bit ridiculous and I loved that because to me that's what that character is hmm yeah Shahir uh you know I think actually all three of us are probably in in pretty synced alignment on this, which is that uh, I, but maybe with with variations on where we think the ups and downs and are. Um, yeah. But uh, for me, again, watching these movies without the hype, um, it was nice to go back to the movie theater and see something that was genuinely of scale for the movie, the you know, for the movie experience. Uh, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Uh, I recently revisited um, Darkman, uh, and, and I felt that this was, you know, the Sam Raimi of the Evil Dead world, um, which, which I, I loved the idea that he was bringing the sort of macabre, almost Looney Tunes-esque madness that he has in his own work uh, to this particular film. And, you know, he is the architect of, uh, you know, the Spider-Man trilogy, and, and which is obviously a heavily influence of the entire MCU on its own terms. Um, and uh, I, I liked that the film didn't feel... It felt very much like a Sam Raimi movie. But at the same time, it was also a Sam Raimi homage directed by Sam Raimi. There and in is. many ways, that, while pleasurable in the moment, left a kind of odd taste in my mouth as I left the theater. Uh, as, I, as I wandered out, there was just a part of me that said, ah, like what I liked about Sam Raimi was not knowing what he was going to do. And what I what i the the pleasure like the endorphin rush of seeing you know camera moves that were very Raimi-esque or seeing bruce campbell uh you know like redoing an evil dead joke are kind of like a mild endorphin rush but at the same time they're kind of like mm. but also at the same time it it doesn't it, there, there's something about like a band playing its greatest hits uh when they're you know no longer do when they're no longer making things that is uh bittersweet um, in many ways, and I and I kind of felt that way about this film. Um, I, I, you know, of the four that I've recently revisited, um, I think Eternals was the one that interested me the most in terms of like feeling like I was watching something new and different. Um, mm -hmm. But I, you know, there was certainly pleasures to be had within, and I, for a person who's not well versed in Doctor Strange at all, or the lore, or you know, missing key <laughs> key plot lines that were coming from uh, other uh, TV shows, I, I I felt fairly comfortable in it. I, I felt you know fairly um, you know put at ease by what was happening, um, and you know for the most part, it, there is a there is a uh, a fight sequence in here which I thought was really clever and inventive, and one that I really liked. There were also fight uh, battles sequences in here which i which just made me sink in my seat and kind of go what is you know like what is the state of cinema as we know it right now because <laughs> there's a there's a combat there's a scene that happens in this movie where i was just like this is just sad to watch you know like this is just disheartening to actually sit now through i'm so, curious what that scene is well, yeah we'll get to it yeah I we'll guarantee get to you it. we'll get to how it. about how about matt as the as the resident uh mcu fan uh, what uh, the, the MCU fan in residence? Yes, that yeah. is me. Yeah. Hi, um, 
I have to say, while I was in the theater, a little bit similar to you, Shahir, I was having a very good time. As I left and started discussing it sort of with Jamie on the walk home, I started to really, really dislike it. And then, this is my journey with it before, and we'll get into all the different reasons why. Then, while researching for the podcast, listening to Jasmine on the MCU crew and a couple other things around the things, like listening to different people's takes about it and like the conversations that it starts, I'm finding myself sweetening on it again. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't... Case in point. I think Doctor Strange's arc, which we'll get into, like the character himself, also Wong um, and a few others, is, is America Chavez is awesome. Like, I think all that really sings. And that's really... Side note, really nice. The main character has an awesome, I think, um, uh, rewarding arc. There is change, and I enjoy it. Um, but the two issues that I had really with it, and it wasn't for like uh, specific love for the characters in general, but the two things were the way that the writing handled Wanda, and this is a tandem problem, I think, and I think I... I, I, I I know why it was done like this, or at least I have an idea, because the second problem I had with it was I think it wasted too much time on fan service that did not better either Doctor Strange or Wanda's story. The second after my lizard brain went like, ooh, neat, that's that person. Like, I was like, why are we still here? There's Mm. so many unanswered questions about these main characters who we're supposed to be caring about. But then, whoop, here comes blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm like, cameo, yeah, it's like, to the point where there's there's a literal part in the second act where it is like a stage for cameos to walk out on (laughs) and sit in fun little chairs like they're on The Voice. And I just, I, again, tiny. You know, eight-year-old me, lizard brain, whatever. I'm like, yes, 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 yum, 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 yum. But that goes away so quick. And when other things have holes, I'm like, you could have used that 35 minutes to, like, fill all those holes. And, like, this would have been elevated. So I'm in a weird spot with this as we sort of get into spoiler town as we discuss this thing. Because Almost like Shahir said... Like, it's like watching a Raimi homage directed by Raimi. Yeah. It's like what worked in No Way Home. It's like he doubled down on it or went overboard with it to the point where I was like, well, that worked in No Way Home. But it's not necessary that that's that should be used to this extent or work in Doctor Strange because we're in a different territory now. Yeah, and even, like, case in point, like, again, like, I've been a fan of Sam Raimi since I could remember who a director was. There was two films that made me want to get into entertainment and films in general, and that was Escape from New York, of course, that's John Carpenter, and Evil Dead. Those were my things. That Evil was Dead it. game comes out tomorrow, by the way. I know. I know. If you want to get in on some games, Matt. <laughs> I absolutely do. We that will game make that looks happen. like a blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and by tomorrow, this was recorded Thursday last week, so it's out all now. So go play it. Let us know what you think. Only movie podcast, gmail.com. Um, yeah, so I I love seeing Raimi moments. I love seeing a Bruce Campbell. I'm not even going to give you a spoiler alert for this. Bruce Campbell's in this movie. Of course he, he is. is. He's in it's a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, I like seeing it, but I also, and like there are elements in it that seem to work with the Doctor Strange uh, oeuvre, um, but there are other elements where it's like, and here's a long-awaited jump scare because Sam Raimi does that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> I guess. Do y'all like jump scares? I went to go see this movie alone. Oh. 
I never expect a jump scare with an MCU film. <laughs> I, uh, I think so a w- was... well-executed jump scare is always appreciated. Like a really like one that one that makes you feel like the movie earned it, and you have terrified me in the exact right way. And I'm I'm always like impressed when someone pulls that off. And I'm like, bravo, sir or madam. You know, like bravo, good job. Yeah. Uh, so I always like a good jump scare, uh, but I often feel. Um, that even like we, we reviewed a movie a couple of weeks ago called X, uh, directed by Ty West. Uh, and I don't think I mentioned this on the, on the show, but there was one jump scare in there that just really annoyed me because it was a jump scare that didn't even make sense for the characters to, to jump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, when, when Raimi, you know, like when Raimi fires, I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I, I'm there for it. I'm there. F- I mean, if they're well executed, cool. Like I'm never like, I'm never psyched about it. <laughs> <laughs> But like it's effective. It's it's literally, and this is not an insult to the concept of a jump scare, but it is kind of the easiest way to get a quick emotional response from a human being in a movie scene. Yes. Like it's the shortcut. Yeah. And there's it's nothing like wrong a good with joke shortcuts in a yeah, comedy. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, unless a you do not land it, or b you do it all the time. Like that's yeah. kind of where I sit. What about you? Do, so I'm guessing you don't. Like it's weird. Them? I like them or I hate them. Mm. And I, it's easier for me to describe it in like video games, what I'm looking for, sure. than it is in movies. I don't know why. There are some jump scare video games that I absolutely detest, but then there's others like Alien Isolation. I, I was going to mention Alien Isolation as like, yeah, yeah <laughs> the best I, jump scare just, video game. It's so, I liked it in that, yeah. in that game. But then there's yeah. other games that I've dinged for jump scares where kind of similar to what you're saying, I don't feel like they earned it. But yeah. Alien Isolation does such a good job of sort of managing your expectations and making those moments of stress just like stretch out to where you feel like it's an infinity that yeah. it doesn't really get old and it never feels cheap. It feels like yeah. it's adding to the overall experience. There's times like in movies that they do a jump scare and I'm like, okay, cool. Now what? Do you want mm. me to like, you know, like this isn't a horror movie. What like, do you what want do you from me, want movie? From me? What do you want? What do you- <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what was the point of that? Like, oh, your audience jumped. Now what? How does this mm. lead? Like, how does this build the next scene or the next emotional crescendo? Like, yeah. is this contributing to it or is this taking away from it? Right. Yeah. 100%. I think we should jump right into spoilers yeah, I, here because. Right in. 40 as, minutes as, in. Let's jump right in. I feel like let's just do it real quick. But, well, because uh, I feel like I, I I feel like I'm agreeing with the the tenor of things you're saying, but I think, uh, and I listened to the MCU crew, uh, uh, your discussion on it, and I was like, ooh, I have the exact opposite um, feeling about one of the, about your biggest point here. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. Okay, so what are we talking about first? Because there's two, there's, there's honestly. The two large things are, of course, Wanda and the cameos, but there's uh, there's a ton of other things to discuss. I'm happy to jump in literally anywhere. Like, the biggest one, okay, I think that we we're probably all going to disagree on, because, again, I heard your conversation, was Wanda. <laughs> Cheater. Um, okay. Was Wanda and WandaVision. Now, again, I'm coming at this from a point of view of uh, uh, Wanda uh, was a character, I think the last time I saw her was in... Um, was it Endgame? Endgame. It was Endgame was the last time I saw it because I didn't watch WandaVision. So when she appeared in this, I vaguely knew that she had had children. I vaguely know what the idea of WandaVision is, but I have not watched the show. Um, so I kind of, when when the conversation became about her children and trying to find her children, I honestly, 
I found that much more compelling than Doctor Strange's journey about like whether he is happy and his, you know his his relationship to uh, contentment uh, across the multiverses. I I've actually found Wanda's story about uh, a woman who is a ima- who has an imagined life uh, with children and trying to reclaim that life at any at at any and all costs. I found that pretty compelling. Now, from a character point of view, if you're vested in the character and you have a lot of feelings about how this has been done and undermines WandaVision, I'm sure that can that can work. But but for me, that was what redeemed the film in terms of like if if it wasn't for that story, I think I would have nothing in this movie. Um, that was the story that I actually was compelled by, and I actually thought had had emotional complexity within it. And I liked the resolve of it. And I liked the idea that the villain wasn't this big maniacal character who, you know, like a megalomaniac who was just hell-bent on destroying things. This was a character that had been harmed in some way and had a legitimate um, uh, desire that they wanted at all costs. And and I actually found that desire fairly compelling. The idea that, that she, you know, um, that she had children and now those children and then realized they were they're imagined but they are real for some other, someone uh, for another version of herself and i think like the idea that, that how that would eat you up like i felt that was believable and i and i again you know i, I was far more interested in her story than i was in doctor strange's story hmm. <laughs> which i know is I know, not yeah. the way I'm either the, of you I'm felt i'm the total opposite i'm <laughs> yeah. even thinking like, i'm trying to flush wandavision from my brain so i can try to see from your point of view Mm-hmm. That's but, that's the thing. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. I have no. I have not watched that show. Because they did that. Because they did that show, and I really like Wandavision, even mm-hmm. though there are elements of it that I'm like, ah, okay. And the end is weird and nebulous, mm-hmm. and sort of tries to set up this. If Wandavision didn't exist, and and, and that of course, other than the comic books and House of M and all that stuff, if if we didn't have any knowledge of that, say Wandavision didn't exist, and this movie was about her trying to find a world where, say, Vision was still alive, because in all the movies, that was her sort of rock, like their romantic relationship was sort of her thing, like their their, their synergy. <laughs> I could I could get behind even the chaos, because like Vision is a creature who is created through both Stark tech and, what, and the Mind Stone. So like that's a cosmic thing in and of itself. Okay, cool. That might be hard to find an individual thing. I could see Wanda sort of doing something like that. With the with the events of WandaVision and where it ends, it cheapens for me the motivation in Doctor Strange, if that makes in, in Multiverse of Madness. So explain to me what 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 happens that is undermined by this, because I don't know. So. All, all of it, really. Like <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I guess like the the recap would be in WandaVision, Wanda creates, she puts basically a dome over mm. a city that mm. of people that have done nothing to her. Mm-hmm. And she creates a false reality of herself, reminiscent of old black and white television, mm-hmm. and controls all the people in this town like puppets so that she can live out her ideal married life with a version of vision that she is also puppeteering. And created. And created, yeah. Right. And as part of this... Um, over the course of just a handful of days, she she has children that she wills into existence and all of this stuff. And long story short, eventually the heroes of the story get involved and let her know that robbing people of their free will and essentially torturing them by putting them in this dollhouse is really messed up. And that 
willing this version of vision to life to like carry out her will is kind of gaslighting and strange because the, the, I actually like the show or, or, or large parts of it because it's like things are normal but there's an undercurrent of of something very dark because you have these mm -hmm. like bright sitcom-esque sets and the second something starts to break her fantasy she breaks them like she's just like nope you don't belong here she edits it and it's mm -hmm. like it's it's actually kind of abusive in a lot of ways and, and yeah. controlling this Sounds like a Michael Haneke film yeah, and this <laughs> this entire show ends with Wanda letting that go, kind of mm. accepting, you know, kind of, I shouldn't say accepting, but coming to terms with Vision's loss and truly grieving mm. versus trying to live in this alternate reality. So she drops the dome, lets everyone go back to normal after torturing them essentially mm. for like 10 days. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also no learns about her nature of like being the Scarlet Witch mm. and what that might mean for her. But she willingly lets go of her children. Like she tucks them into bed, goes and sits downstairs and then like brings down the matrix essentially and right. chooses to live in a reality where she doesn't have kids. Right. So. <laughs> no, and I can. Going, I can... <laughs> going into multiverse of madness yeah. is rough if you've seen WandaVision. It's so, the same. It's the same lesson she hears. Yeah. It's the same <laughs> fucking but lesson here's, with but here's less a, here's, mass murder. Here's, a, here's where it is for me then is that I have no desire to revisit the the vision character and i and i think the and and in fact one of the comic book writers that i was talking to said that there this is actually kind of an ongoing problem in the comic books which is that that um female characters are written to be all powerful and need to be stopped in some way or you know like there's a sort of power problem that they have uh with with female characters where they're, they're not just allowed to express themselves as normal human beings they they become uh the, the more power they gain they become maniacal or, or that sort of thing um and so i i can certainly see it from that point of view but my impression of the film without real without really knowing the 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 resolve of wandavision is that this has to do with less with the the lessons learnt of wandavision and more with the idea that while she had created this reality there is the potential for this reality to be actualized and that is what she desires and i and i found that compelling this idea that that Yes, you imagine these children, you imagine this perfect life, but there is, you know, like that is actually a reality for somebody, for, for another version of you. And I think there's a part of me that kind of feels that that is a, <laughs> and maybe I'm just relating it this way, which is that if I died and my wife could choose between picking, bringing me back or my son back, I know for a fact she would pick my son. And I was like, and I'd be cool with that. So I'm just like, I, I, I actually just find that, that idea to be Even emotionally if your son complex. was hypothetical? Yeah, I think I honestly knowing how much like knowing how much my wife would do, you know, like she would lift a bus for my son, you know, like kind of thing, you know. N even the imaginary version of him, she would she would fight for. But and she I has like more that context idea. for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? we don't. We get forty-five minutes of uh, of fan casted Reed Richards, and then we don't I, get I, to I'm learn. I'm a hundred percent on board with you. I, I like, think when you guys talked about the cameo, the cameo, the 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 gallery of cameos, I was like, "Whoa, this is going on for a while," and like, yeah. I do not care about any of this. 
<laughs> I mean, bring out Squirrel Girl or get the fuck out. Like, I don't, I don't care. Right? I, I, anyway, the, 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 I want to make it very clear, too. I'm not like, I'm mad at Wanda for doing Wanda things. I think it's a failure of the writing of Wanda and a failure of the writing around what Wanda is doing and what the characters are doing around Wanda. The, yes. I think there is a way to go from what happened in WandaVision and have this all still sort of happen in a similar way, but not everything felt too wishy-washy to me. Mm. Um, yeah. it, it, it felt too nebulous as to like, and, and granted, there were some rules that I really, really liked. I'm a big fan of movie rules, especially when things get fantastical. Wanda can't jump uh, multiverse universes, right? Only uh, America can do that. Um, and that's why she's trying to take America's power. Now, Jasmine, I believe you said a couple different options of how that could also be done. But again, yo, we get- that blew my mind. <laughs> that's when I called Wanda a Karen and people on YouTube called me racist because I was like, <laughs> she would not hesitate to kill this girl. And her reasons for it were batshit. She's just like, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I got to kill this bitch and take her power. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? But you can just have her drop you off in that reality. And she's like, what if my kids get sick? And I'm like, you can change reality, bitch. Will your kids <laughs> to not be sick anymore? You're going to kill this poor brown girl, this poor gay brown girl, for no other reason than in case your kids get sick? What if you befriended her? And then yeah. she could come back and help you if your kids get sick and open a new portal. Like, it was such an unhinged reason to murder a young girl that I lost empathy for her as a mom. I was like, clearly you don't care about children. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you don't care about brown children. My bad. You care about your white kids, though. Wanda <laughs> would really like to see the multiverses manager. Um, <laughs> Especially but, when she's talking to Dr. Strange about how it's not fair. I was like, yeah. do you yeah. want to see his boss? Do you want to talk to the manager? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, again, without any if- attachment to the character... I think I liked the idea that a character that had been part of the Avengers the last time I'd seen them was now on the other side of it. And I think that's... I love a hero turned villain. Me too. And I I was like, okay, cool. And and for me, um, the parameters of why she's doing what she's doing is, you know, uh, I I don't know um, the America Chavez character very well, so she just pops in as... As a as a device that you know, like it's the thing that people need to get to. Um, so I kind of was like, okay, cool. This is again the the compelling part. I, the mechanics of it, I agree, are flimsy, and this is not the most um, robust exploration of a mother's grief. But I liked that it was about a mother's grief, even an imagined mother's grief. You know what I mean? I think that that to me was the part I was like, and like I said, for, on the inverse side of that. Doctor Strange's actual narrative um, through line was fairly non-existent for me. Like I, How I, dare I you. that that I, was I didn't gonna care. say. I was yeah. like, I, I, I didn't care. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I feel this like, is the most romantic Marvel movie that there's ever yes. been. Hmm. Straight up. I thought it was going to be Shang Chi for the longest time because that yeah. has some beautiful love story in it. Yeah, hmm. but this one. I'm going to let you go first, Matt. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, no, I, I mean, so uh, uh, well, I'm sure we'll dabble back to Wanda because it's always going to sort of go that direction. But I really, okay, in Doctor Strange 1, I, I feel like Christine kind of gets shortchanged a bit because the whole movie is a little bit bonkers on purpose and, like, there's not a lot of room there. And, like, uh, to be to be honest, 
I didn't, and I, I have to go back and rewatch it, but when I was thinking about it beforehand, I was like, I didn't really care or relate to sort of Christine's story in the first one. I just didn't for whatever reason. And again, this is more context for the show she here. I know you didn't watch, mm-hmm. but in the What If series, yeah. the animated one, <laughs> there's a whole episode. And actually, Sheer, honestly, don't watch any other episode of that. Watch the if you have time, watch the Doctor Strange episode. Right. It is so fucking good, and it makes the love story of theirs like it. It amplifies how actually tragic it is. It gives it time to breathe where that film didn't give it time, and of course, Avengers movies don't give it that time. Like it, it, it gets that there. So then, when we get to this, I feel like it's the like sort of the culmination of it. And I like a story. I don't. I don't care. If the character is, the lizard brain wants me like characters. I want them to be together. I want them to be happy. Hooray! Like that's what I want. But the second you get that, it's over. Yeah. Like that's how narrative works. So like to have something that is sort of finished, but ends on such a bittersweet note of like he. I mean, again, I, I the scene itself is way better than I'm going to give it credit for. But like he lets her go because he love like he. How did it go? I'm trying to remember exactly, Jasmine. It was like he he loves her in every universe, but yeah. that's the whole thing. He says, thing I is love they... every version of you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and he's he's admitted now that like it's just literally faded that that's too bad. And he's going to accept that and he's going to grow as a person and he's not going to define his fucking life and wear a goddamn broken watch for the rest of eternity. Like, and now he will actually grow and move forward. Now. Do I think they kind of throw that kind of under the bus in the last two minutes of the movie <laughs> followed by the after credit sequence? Yeah, I do a little bit. I do feel like that. <laughs> but this movie's full of ups and downs. Uh, Jasmine, what do you, uh, on the Doctor Strange story, is there something that I that I missed or I wasn't yeah, quite Yeah, no, that, that's it. I think, like, there's, what do you expect Christine to do? He was gone for five years. He was dust. Yeah. So there's this idea that like, oh, in every breakup, someone has to be the villain or there has to be a good reason why it didn't work out. And the reality is, is a lot of times there isn't a good guy or a bad guy and, and things just don't happen. But I think especially with with men, <laughs> you turn it into a personality trait. You know, I think mm. we've all seen the guy that got cheated on once and then treats his next girlfriend or boyfriend like garbage because he was it's now become a personality trait. I've taken this trauma and I've made it a part of my identity. I am the divorcee. I am the guy that got cheated on. I am the person that was lied to. And now this is going to color all of my other relationships, all of my friendships and how I treat everyone um, because this has become a personality trait instead of going to therapy or working through this and realizing that not all women are trash, right? And you have those, I'm not saying Dr. Strange is like that, but he kind of mm. does, goes to her wedding and asks her, like, what What happened? And I'm like, dude, yeah, this is I, I actually During this that is conversation, I was like, okay. this is not the time, bro. No, <laughs> you know, like- I cringed. And I think it was really realistic of him because I yeah. think a lot of people would do that in that situation. I think a lot of mature people wouldn't. But he, you can read it on his face that he's not happy, that he feels like in some ways that should be him on that podium to the extent that you should see his face when she says, oh, yeah, my, my husband's a big fan of you. And he's just like, but you're I guess not, the only, so what the does only it matter? Thing there, and again, watching it from the context of the movie itself is that 
I guess maybe I felt that he was on that journey to recovery without the events of the movie taking place anyway. Like I oh, felt like disagree. I, I felt like that journey of him kind of reconciling um, his feelings for for her would happen regardless of the events of the movie. There's something interesting, and and I, I will not put this on on mm. Doctor Strange being shitty in the beginning of this movie. Mm. But like, so the monster comes. Uh, I forget the character's name, but it's a it's a, a Namor villain, I believe. Mm. Is uh, I thought it was the guy from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two, uh, <laughs> but it is not apparently. Um, when that happens, and they all look out the very I loved sort of stereotypical New York Raimi esque daytime scene on a balcony, a la Spider Man one. It was very reminiscent. I liked it quite a bit. Um, and Doctor Strange like has someone like hold his drink, pulls his friggin' Uh, his his uh, little uh, kerchief in his pocket that turns out to be the cape and like does cool superhero move shit like out of a wedding that he's like very uncomfortable with is sort of like yes he's saving the city he's also stealing the fucking thunder and the goddamn day from Christine yes. and her husband and there's he can't in that moment, he can't control that he has to do that but I think in the yeah, beginning of the a- movie that's the kind of thing he's like well Look at me and how awesome I am. Like, because it, it's like, in that character, it's understandable that he would do that. Hmm. By the end of the film, there's different things where he actually, the, the whole crux, again, spoilers for the very end of this movie, he, it's not him doing the thing. He helped, but he ha, he tells America that he actually believes in her, and it's not it's not him in that perfect situation that's like, going to fix it or do whatever she he just basically does what he never did with christine and never did with even peter parker in no way home is just believe in the person that he's supposedly grown to care about granted america and his relationship is very new that's not the same sort of level of either of those other ones Mm -hmm. um but it, it was just a nice moment of character growth where the solution is not i'm the coolest guy guess i gotta fix this the solution is oh shit i'm surrounded by cool people you can fucking do this. Get up there and kick some ass. Like, that, and, but wasn't that what he did in in No Way Home? Like he, he kind of disappears and then reappears and you know, no, kind of just, Spider-Man traps him in the mirror dimension. Yeah, but then when he re- reemerges, he kind of he allows Spider. You know, he doesn't take control of the situation. He allows Spider-Man to do what felt, he does. Felt reluctant in mm. that. Like he's I'm, like like he's busy he with come, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. he didn't yeah. come back. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's holding at that point. He's like holding the multiverse. <laughs> look, I'm, I love this is an audio meeting. I'm putting my arms out. Like, look at me. He's holding the multiverse together uh, while other things are going on. He's still mm. doing things. This was he just he just gave it all to America and and I don't know. I dug that. I, I found I guess, that yeah. I a guess nice for me, character the moment. the dynamics of the romantic story that even as you're describing it feels even familiar to like the Captain America story in some way. And, you know, like there's echoes of, of this, like there's nothing, there's nothing profoundly challenging or interest or complex about that story for for me. Um, Whereas the WandaVision story had a degree of complexity. You didn't watch WandaVision. (laughs) The, the Wanda story was in, in Dr. Strange. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Yeah. I think I enjoyed Dr. Strange's narrative arc because um based like to go back to that scene you were talking about matt you notice there's like almost some disrespect to wong where he's like you're in this seat by default like that Mm -hmm. should be my seat and then we see him go to (laughs) alternate realities 
where he does see the best version of him. The version mm. that is the Sorcerer Supreme, the version that's better than him, found the Book of the Vishanti, uh, surpasses him in every way and ends up being worse for it, not better for it. Mm-hmm. And if, at the, I really love that coming full circle at the end of the movie because we see the Sorcerer Supreme Wong make that tough decision of being like, listen, there's only one way this plays out. You got to kill this kid. And we <laughs> see Doctor Strange in that moment, Steven say, no. And in some ways it's because he has the luxury not to. Like it's the, the person who is the Sorcerer Supreme does in some ways have to become a villain because you're weighing the lives of the multiverse versus the lives of the one. But because he isn't, Doctor Strange gets to be a good person. And I feel like that's why he bows at the end. Like to me, I was like, if he bowed at the beginning of the movie, he wouldn't have meant it. But I think yep. now he's like, that was tough. You told me to kill a kid that you didn't want me to kill. Like you're wearing the mantle because that mantle belongs to you. And because I'm not that, this thing I wish I was secretly, that opens me up to do actual good work because the balance of the cosmos isn't in my hand anymore. So I can do good things and be good to people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I love the way I love that. That that you you just put in how I felt and could not word. Um, <laughs> can we? So I very much appreciate that. So can we talk about the t- the the actual that first um, uh, uh, attack on New York with? The, oh, is that the one you hated? That is the one I hated. Yeah, nice. that was <laughs> talk through it. Yeah, the, I I watched it with a sort of degree of distance and <laughs> and felt like. The problem was I can picture your face. By yeah, the way. I was just I, we've watching. known each other so long. I know exactly how you glared at that screen. I was just, I, I just felt deflated by it because, because the, the and, and perhaps I've been thinking about this, but it was like there was a sense that this enormous thing was happening, but mostly people were indifferent about it that were just watching on. And it was like, you know, like like the people at the wedding were just like, oh, look at that. There's a giant octopus tearing apart a bus. <laughs> like the guy that, her, her fiance, who like we have been introduced to is like, oh, he's a huge fan. He kind of comes out and goes, huh, look at that. And I was like, you know, like there's just this sense of this, this, this enormous, you know, like cataclysmic event is happening with a sort of degree of indifference upon all the people that are watching. Matt, we had this conversation uh, many, many years ago, but it actually came up uh, in a project I was working on recently where we were talking about visual effects. Actually, if anyone follows uh, Carter Digital on YouTube, uh, they're VFX artists who have a a video where they talked about um, Terminator 2 recently. Mm. Um, But, but I, I, you know, I think I said something along the times is that um, what matters around a visual effect is the reaction that the real people have to it in order mm-hmm. to give it context, in order to make it feel like like if 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 you if you create something that is meant to be visually dazzling, the characters around it need to react in that way in order for the audience to cue into that to what that is. And that first scene was just this like sort of mayhem of cataclysmic size where like I felt like nobody cared and like afterwards like nobody ran but I do get what you're saying you know like excuse for that honestly is it's the MCU baby it's a Tuesday it's just the MCU is a repeat offender of that on MCU crew my co-host and good friend Jesse Cox does this about that scene from Eternals he just says there was a man in the ocean (laughs) a giant man in the ocean he goes on these rants where he's like why would you go to work again why yeah. would you go about life there was a man yeah they go for pizza the afterwards ocean. they go grab a slice of pizza i was like which pizza shop is 
was open in this neighborhood. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was uh, definitely but, uh, but the scene... it's like how how do you like even thinking about it's like half of the world was snapped when you come back. Would yeah. you go back to work? Yeah. Would you go back to work and get the lift is kind of like covered this ground. Nine like, to the, five. the world changes. Like, hey, you um, can't be late to work. Like, dude, I was dust for five years. But the scene the that mall. I really liked. The scene, the the actual visual dynamics that I really liked was him against Sinister Strange and the uh, and the musical battle. I just I like I watched it and I was like, wow, this is really inventive. And I think like I don't know the exact power set of what is happening here or why it's happening, but I'm learning about it as I'm watching it. And I'm com- and the fact that I'm like interested and compelled is making me more intrigued as the scene progresses. And I was like, that's a scene that really really works. Like that's one where I'm like, you know, I don't know exactly. I don't know enough about Doctor Strange to understand if there's a uh, a musical motif that continues he has to go fought through. with music before, yeah. in, but uh, <laughs> comic or two, yeah. And, and so I'm a complete noob on that, and I watched it, and I was just like, "That's really interesting." Like I I haven't seen that before, and I think it's like a really interesting take on what's happening in the scene, and it's interesting to see these two characters kind of who are who are mirrors of each other, you know, like playing musical notes against each other, almost as though it was a concerto of some kind. I liked that scene. I here's the thing. I loved that scene in concept, mm. but I don't know if it was the sound balance in my theater or whatever, but it just felt like for that, it was probably like a minute, I don't mm. know, maybe, uh, it felt so tonally, di- maybe not tonally disparate, but like, maybe it's just the audio. Something felt so yeah. weird where like it knocked me out of the movie for a second and I was like, wait, I should be liking this. <laughs> I didn't I sh- understand why it was happening, to be honest with you. Well, I knew, I mean, again, I had the context of knowing that Doctor Strange does weird fucking shit when he fights. And that, yeah. again, that's why the I think the end of Doctor Strange 1 when with Dormammu, uh, mm. I've come to bargain, I think is one of the best fucking oh, endings yes. for any of this it's, shit. It's peak Doctor Strange. A lot of yeah. people didn't like that. I loved uh, it. It's I gotta so be honest, good. the, the comic book it. people that I went with that who are, again, extremely well-versed in all this material. I was actually surprised all, almost all of them, though I think there was eight of them, all universally disliked Doctor Strange 1. Really? Like, and I, there's, yeah. there's things I disliked about it, but overall yeah. I did like it. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised because I, yeah, I, I quite liked Doctor Strange 1. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk cameos real quick. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie. This is it, Shahir. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Congratulations. You win. I, it's Hold not on. a competition, no, but always, I was. Yeah. It's always a competition, and you won today. You've won the MCU day. This is too much for me. This is too much for me. I don't want a movie that does this anymore. I don't want it. It does nothing. It takes away from service for the characters that you're supposed to be caring about. I don't want it. I don't give a fuck that Professor X is in this movie. I don't give a fuck that Ja, what's his name? Uh, I don't even know his name. The Jim guy? Jim from The Office. I don't care that he's in this movie. I, I cared... I cared that uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Peggy Carter, but like even then, don't give a shit. Oh, you brought Black Bolt back from fucking that that uh, um, that show that no one that watched. show that like they tried to make a show, but then they made the first two episodes into a movie, and then that flopped, and the show flopped, or whatever. Uh, I, I liked Rambo as as Captain Marvel, but they do her dirty. Like, and again, it's not even that like. It's the movie stops dead in its tracks. It stops. The <laughs> yeah. whole fucking thing yeah. stops. But can I, give you, like, can I just give you some additional context here, which is that watching No Way Home on my own at home, I had that reaction 
to the Spider-Man. And I think you're a monster. <laughs> I like honestly, they're, they're, if you watch honest trailers right now, they actually do. They, I was like, they actually articulated this in the perfect way, which is like they took the scene of um, Tobey Maguire appearing and they played all the cheers that were playing in the crowd. And then they cut to this is what it's like when you watch at home, which is just this guy wandering around. And it's like, if you don't care, you just don't. Like, but in those who scenes, is this they dude? also lowered the music. I've watched that shit. <laughs> I get it. I understand why that. But, but I'm just saying, like, in even in No Way Home, I was kind of like, oh, I cool. just watched that at cool. home, like, you know, a week ago. And I was like, and I looked for that. I was like, oh, is this going to be awkward? And I was like, no, it's not. This is fucking great. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Jasmine. Is, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. It's just, it. the movie stops dead in its tracks and I just do not care. How did you feel about all this nonsense? <laughs> it's so weird because it's, it's that, I always say, like, I like, I don't think I've ever watched a movie, period, that I didn't like in theaters. Like I'm, I'm one of these people that like I've even though I criticize things online, I'm like so full of joy that I'm like yay. And then much <laughs> like you, as I begin to sit with it and think about it, or number one, when I decide whether or not I'm going to go back to rewatch it, that's when I start to be like, well, why don't I want to watch this thing? And yeah. I'm like, oh, because yeah. the excitement wears off. So there is this moment where I love Patrick Stewart, I love <laughs> Professor X, and it's so hard to not be excited when you see that glorious man come out. But then it quickly became, okay, so we're just trying to rapidly establish how powerful Wanda is, and that's why Doctor Strange can't actually fight her. Mm -hmm. Because it very much was like, oh, you got, wanted to see all these guys? Let's see all of them, and then get them out of the way so we can maintain continuity. Yeah. Look how quickly your favorites were shredded through. That's what it felt like. And to be clear, none of those were my favorites. I'm not upset sure. that Wanda defeated them. I feel sad for the people that were waiting to see Reed Richards on screen in the MCU forever, and he was disposed of in 30 seconds. It also just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to have the most intelligent one of the most intelligent people in the MCU say, "Oh, hey." By the way, I'm going to tell you exactly how this dude's powers work <laughs> and let you know exactly what he's about to do so that you can't do anything. This that is Katana. <clears throat> Best not be killed by her. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's some suicide squad shit. It is. And I was like, I, I, was like, I, I quite Reed fucking Richards, what are you goddamn doing? It felt I quite almost campy. Or yeah, I quite enjoyed the gleefulness in which they were all killed, but it sure. wasn't. But it yeah. wasn't. But none of this came from an enjoyment of like seeing these characters. Or and it and it comes down to that thing where you know we're talking about the the sort of sense that this is a, a Sam Raimi homage, uh, homage that was being directed by Sam Raimi. And in those homage, they kind of rolled out like bit player or guest, you know, guest cameos. And I was like, and and that's when like the movie experience really falls apart for me. And it's like, you go, ah, oh, this is, there's an overwhelming sense in all movies are this, but never more so than in, in this particular movie that you're watching a product commercial as opposed to a movie. And that yeah. was like that moment. And I was like, ah, oh, I just, you know, like. Well, and it just I, doesn't, <laughs> like she sits there, she fights all these people, she kills them in like three seconds flat. And mm. then you get this long shot of her chasing I, I for the podcast listeners i'm putting it in yeah. quotations dragging her leg behind her and i'm like can't this bitch fly like why are we pretending she's jason like, Voorhees at this point no she's carrie at this point, right, right? Yeah. like carrie, she's doing yeah. the the horror slow walk which i know is a raimi thing mm. but i'm like why are we 
pretending like if they were going to do that scene why didn't they have those characters buy them time while they run that would have made more sense than her dragging her leg behind her i'm like you can change reality you made this man have no mouth you can't make (laughs) your leg work you can't (laughs) float I didn't want a battle royale. I would have loved that's a that's a great fucking fix, uh, Jasmine. <laughs> I would have loved her to keep trying to get past them. Yes, and, even, and they buy this could also this could also time. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I get that like she's already fucking full Scarlet Witch now, but like she could be reluctant at first. Maybe Reed Richards does a thing with a smart science doohickey, and like she gets really pissed, and then she can't do whatever, and then maybe she accidentally kills one, and then she's like, "Well, I'm running out of time. Well, fuck these people. They're I don't even give a shit. They're not my like." It could yeah. have grown. It could have done something to move her forward. We don't need Carrie chasing them through a water tunnel to have a one minute push in on a blast door, and then have her just sort of apparate on the side for a jump scare for no fucking reason it i that apparition made me laugh too because i was like why didn't she do that before why is she chasing why is she walking after them if she could just apparate next to them yeah 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 uh i i absolutely hated that you know you know what would have helped me one thing i will say this this is a visual effects thing sheer i don't believe that any of those actors in the Illuminati were ever on set. No, they, they, they did ever. not feel like it was like we've collected no. these people and together in a room. I was waiting. I'm like, someone shake hands. <laughs> Anyone. I don't care who. Two yeah. of you. Touch each other. Touch a shoulder. Do something. Because I was like, I need to believe that this is a human moment and I couldn't. Right. Yeah. And especially like when we, like, I think like when us MCU fans, what we like about crossovers is seeing how they play off each other. I will never Hmm. get over the first Avengers film when Iron Man does the repulsor blast and Captain America deflects it off his shield and mows down. Like, Mm -hmm. those are the moments that we're like, yes, like that right there. Ultimate Alliance. And then you see, okay, maybe maybe that's the purpose of this. Are we gonna get that? No. They're all, it's it's like a really bad movie where, (laughs) where they go in like an anime where it's it's just Freddy like, versus Jason, all, right? Like yeah. it's it's, it's that level of thing. Each one goes in yeah. one at a time, and I'm like, "Aren't you a team? Didn't you yeah. defeat Thanos <laughs> together? You're not gonna help each other? What? <laughs> like this is so weird. Like you don't combo off each other. But yeah, I think it's because they weren't. I don't think they were on set together. No. And, and, and oh no. Well, I was just gonna say, like again, um, you know, the when it when we do get into this sort of conversation about like what what do I prefer in terms of these movies, it's like you know, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is a far superior movie to to pretty much any of these, and it's and and like it has that sense that there are these characters that are coming in that you know people know and love and share. But what what's interesting is the story is doing it for a purpose because the 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 critical idea there isn't that there are all these different characters, is that they all have the same shared trauma and that they will all understand each other's experience. Mm-hmm. And that is what's important about it. In this, you know, like, yeah, it's it's IP management. It it feels like you know, uh, it, it's it's it, it, it like Martin Scorsese says, it's like going on a roller coaster. It's a you know, that's what it is, and it has it, it it's it's cheap. Yeah. You know, so, more than anything. It, it, I want what what Jasmine said, either like an actual team up, show a thing happening, etc., or I want an actual cameo. I don't want thirty five minutes on a fucking stage. <laughs> I want. Like Daredevil in No Way Home is a yes. perfect fucking cameo. That's One so thing good. makes sense why he's there. Does a thing. What he's gone. Not a, he's not sucking up time. It's mm-hmm. like it's just in and out. And you're like fuck. Daredevil's in this too. That's fucking great. The end. Like could not care less about that scene. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> yeah, I was just like could point. not care less. And that, that's I was like Daredevil. This great. This Here is why there. you win. 
This is why you win, Shahir. They've done it. They've made an MCU movie now where I'm actively mad at the world building. World building. I'm air quoting now. But but uh, but you agree that like like for example, Into the Spider Verse takes that concept and makes oh, it sure. actually completely 100%. viable like there as in are, that is the are, way to tell the story sure but there are mcu movies that do that as well this is not one of them yeah. um i think so one of my I, favorite cameos is actually in um the the first spider-man movie in this trilogy mm-hmm. is there's that scene where uh where peter says if you cared you'd be here and then he's I there guessed. and iron man's there <laughs> when Robert Downey Jr. popped out of that suit. It was an audible gasp because I did not expect him to be in that film. Like, it, to me, that was the perfect cameo because it added emotional weight to that scene where he's like, well, if you cared, you'd be here. And he's like, well, I'm here. So, yeah, like, what up? I can't believe you did that. I teared up because he, also, Robert Downey Jr. is a really good actor. He looked legitimately hurt. Like, he just found his kid smoking. You know, (laughs) (laughs) or he's like, you know, how could you do this to me? And it was it was like, I think like that to me is like the perfect amount. I do Mm. think I I think Into the Spider-Verse has been the most successful with with truly kind of make like marrying the narrative together. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. making it a movie, like making it an yeah. actual, like fully yeah. fledged cinematic, you know, experience. Yeah, to the point that if I think if any of those characters were to have a spinoff, we would yeah. care or we would like for them yeah. to return. Because th- I think like to send, not to get too much into improv comedy, I think that. <laughs> Let's yes end this. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> I think that into the Spider-Verse, they understand game. Mm. Like, so when they show you Spider-Man noir, you understand his game yeah. in like one scene. Yeah, you exactly. You get that. In this, the Why, yeah, had like, no game. They yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. I was like, even what is even your game? even a Professor Xavier's thing where he's like trying to rescue her felt, you know, like oddly out of place with the entire movie. You know, like it was just like, mm. oh wait, I, I feel like I need more context in order to actually like this doesn't feel like a character in this movie. It feels like an I like what it feels like a what if episode like what why if do you, why do you need a character Shahir when you have the iconic 90s cartoon song play as he appears granted again lizard brain I loved it in the moment then after I was like what the fuck I, I, I like it's it's a real dichotomy here like yeah. they they banked on they banked on they did quote I understood that reference yes that's what they banked on 100% okay, so the line he says to Stephen Strange before letting him go is a direct line that James McAvoy delivered in another mm. movie, like yeah. as that as that character. Yeah. So like they, it was legitimately a line for line, word for word reference to another movie. If you didn't get that reference, you're probably like, why did he let him go? If you <laughs> did get that reference, there's so much to read into there. Where it's like, oh, Dark Phoenix Saga. Like he mm. understands how power can corrupt, and and he understands that characters are redeemable, and and he he had to go through that with Gene, but he sees that like he has to give Strange a chance, and da da. da. But if you don't have that context, you're like, okay, so why did he let him go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you know, no like sense. again, we think about Logan, for example, where that character yeah. appears, and and I love and, Logan. And, and, and yeah, so that good. again, a far superior movie than pretty much any of these. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. Into the yeah. Spider Verse and Logan are better than all twenty-eight of these movies, right? <laughs> like, like there's no, you know, no comparison. If I were there. to say it on MCU crowd, get lambasted, but Here. I I do agree that Logan is better than anything I've seen in the MCU. Yeah. Logan is a better standalone film 
than <laughs> anything in the MCU. Yes. I do still posit that the, and again, I, maybe this goes back to just understanding the game of the outside of what this entire mm-hmm. thing is trying to do. Because I keep up, because I am invested, and because I think they do tell really excellent stories from time to time, I think the MCU as a whole, overall, is more effective, not on not because it does one thing better than Logan, but because it does a lot of things really well. I think what you're and saying is it's got better volume than Logan. It has better <laughs> acoustics, but the person playing is like 80% skilled as the person who is playing Logan, right? If they were going a musical. Well, it's interesting because the MCU also has more to take on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Logan and that is the appreciation. Me, yeah, yeah. Logan reminded me of what I miss or what I like about comics. In comic mm-hmm. books, you have your crossovers, but you also have your your solo stories that mm. sometimes characters pop in and out of, but this is a Doctor Strange story and it focuses on Doctor Strange. And so there's not this idea of like, well, how does this contribute to the greater to the greater comic book universe? It doesn't matter. We're reading a Punisher book. This is a dude with a gun. This it doesn't matter what impact this has. But like the movies, the MCU has more on its shoulders because there are people that go watch Ant-Man that have no interest in Ant-Man because they feel like they have to to have context for the MCU. So I think it had more to undertake. But I think Logan reminded me of what I miss about those almost like vignettes character Mm -hmm. vignettes because they remind us of I think why we love superheroes and why we love mythology and why we love heroic figures and in a lot of ways Logan reminds us of ourselves right because who doesn't have a relative who's elderly watching people you love grow old is the most painful experience that most people will go through it's it's traumatizing especially if that person has dementia or memory issues it's and to see like a superhero go through that, mm. that is more than anything else he's gone through, right? Like we've seen this man take beatings and, and murder people yeah. and people try to kill him, but like this somehow feels more real because it's rooted in a real authentic place. Mm-hmm. And seeing him battle that in some ways reminds us that we can battle it, Yeah, right? And, so it's and, like, there's a lot yeah. there to, in Logan to play with. And, 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 you know, that's, that's kind of where I come to on that. But I, I want to, I, I, and I, and I, and, you know, when we've talked about this on the podcast, that, that has kind of been my position is that the, as, as a person who's not that invested in, like, even the summation parts, which I think are very good, like when Avengers comes out, when Endgame comes out, and the, you know, Infinity, um, um, what is it? Infinity War? What, all whatever, the words, whatever all the words near the <laughs> end. All the words. I, you know, like I'm impressed by those things, but more than anything, I, I still like long for the for the actual individual movies that actually move me, or even individual stories that move me within this. And and they're fairly far in between. But I wanted to I wanted to touch on one thing. Like so so we get to the end of the story, and I felt like Strange has kind of resolved his um, you know like getting over uh the person he was at the beginning of the film uh, again i'm 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 not as uh uh sort of thank you for by, being gracious but it, but you know like it happens it's there and i kind i kind of get it but then there's this sort of like ramy esque um uh finale with like <laughs> screeching strings and this sort of like painful realization that this eye is you know the, the the that he has taken on something additional from from his journey and we cut hole. to black and 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 the credits roll and i was like oh okay interesting 
And then the very next scene, <laughs> and in the very next scene, he's just wandering down the street like it's, it's like Parker's he literally Spider-Man just got just up and just kept down. walking. It was like he he like has this almost conniption fit in the middle of the street, and then just gets up and keeps walking. And then this other character appears, played by Charlize Theron, and you know there is another adventure to go. And this eye appears, and he's like, "Well, he's I can like, do cool. this now." And I was like, "Let's go!" Whoa. And that that's was... that whiplash that I have where I'm like, Yo. "What is happening here?" Yeah. I feel like that's just rain. Raining it up. <laughs> like, I, I, they, I want one or the other. Like, I, I think, you know, if you want to, if you're going to give Raimi, you know, whatever version of Final Cut or whatever he had, and he wants to do it at the end, that's a really cool thing. Don't make your after credit scene, <laughs> everything is fine after you do that. It feels like yeah. a studio note, right? Like, it's like, yeah. yeah, but, you know, just to make sure, let's just get this in there. And I'm like, do like, we need you, this? Couldn't you even, couldn't you even? Have Doctor Strange cut back after that, <gasps> cut the thing, first part of credits. Come back, have him on the fucking ground. Have him be freaking out and fighting something back. And then have, uh, what's Mephesto's niece's name? Clea. Or Clea. Clea? Yeah. Clea. Have Clea show up and be like, you got to get your shit together. I need you. And he could be like, oh, oh, okay. Mm. And like then like he gets up, he's still kind of nervous or whatever, doesn't quite understand it, but knows he has to do something and they leave. <laughs> like he didn't have to be like, a okay after like a fourth of the credits are done. Like, it felt so. Yeah, it's just weird. it's just that thing which is this like um, I I have a whip. You know, Raimi in an interview talks about how um, you know, like for a person who arguably has one of the most successful comic book, you know, superhero film runs in all time, and again, kind of pioneered pioneered the the era of superhero movies as we know it. You know, he kind of talks about like coming in and having to fit within the engineering of the Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so, in, and he even couches it in, in some of his early interviews. It's like, well, it's some part a Sam Raimi movie, some part a Marvel movie. You know, it's like, oh, and, and like immediately when I, when I watch it in those terms, my, my expectation levels comes way down. <laughs> it's just like, okay, you know, again, we're on, we're on board for the theme park ride. And I guess for me, the enjoyment of the theme park ride was the final showdown which again you know felt like a really good homage to sam raimi movies as done by sam raimi and i was like okay cool it's like a you know like a band is coming out and giving me the 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 crescendo that i like and and that's cool i still like the wanda story as well so you know like unlike a few of these movies this one actually had a few things in it where i was like i think that's an interesting idea and i think this is a you know like there's some stuff yeah would i revisit it you know like like like, like, yeah i don't know you know (laughs) I legitimately, and, and oftentimes things aren't setups like this, there are so many small good setups that end up having payoffs. The watch has a payoff. It's a thing that a Doctor Strange in another universe would know that is the only thing that he would have that being the thing that he lets him into the thing with like opening the door or whatever. The the dead strange, the eight one no, the yeah. Defender Strange, um, when he buries him, I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Didn't think a second thought. And then when he's like, wait, no, and he comes back, that was the moment where I cheered, lizard brain kicked, but it didn't go away. I was like, no, this is smart shit yeah. that Doctor Strange would do that I didn't think of. I love Doctor Strange because he does shit that I don't think of. Like, yeah. I, 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 that was, blew my mind. It, like, it reminded me of what I like about Doctor Strange and, and Doctor Strange comics, right? Yeah. Is this idea of, like, everything happens for a reason. It's very Eastern spirituality. Like mm. everything has its place in the world. 
So you have this moment where you're like, wow, I can't believe that version of Doctor Strange was going to kill that girl and all this stuff. Mm. But then you realize, like, if that didn't happen, then she wouldn't have ended up in yeah. that version of reality. The mm-hmm. corpse wouldn't be there. And that wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to dream. And you have this, like, really cool moment where it's, like, at the end when he says every single portal you made went where you needed to go. I was like, this is that dope Eastern mm-hmm. wisdom of, like, he's mm-hmm. right. You know, even, like, the ancient one in Endgame where she's like, mm-hmm. I just can't hand you the time stone. And they're like, oh, well, Doctor Strange sent us. And she's like, oh, never mind. Because like, yeah, even she yeah. knows, like, this is the one man I trust to take this. It's like, yeah, no, like, everything happens. Only in a Doctor Strange movie is all of the pain and the suffering worth it. In every other mm. movie, they're like, I can't believe that Thanos thing happened. In the Doctor Strange movie, you're like, the Thanos thing did You go galaxy brain. If the Thanos thing didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened, and then that wouldn't have happened, and then this would have happened instead. In another universe, they used a cheat code to kill Thanos, and that's why those Avengers weren't as strong as our Avengers, because they never had to rise to the challenge to kill Thanos. <laughs> I had this entire like dissertation on why Wanda was able to rip through them so quickly, and how I yeah. don't think she would have been able to rip through 616 so quickly. And they were like, people in were like, you're just trying to downplay our flowers. I was like, no. No. <laughs> Those heroes never defeated Thanos. Yeah, they, used, they cheat coded it. They cheat coded it. They jump scared it, if you will. <laughs> uh. <laughs> One last thing is, you know, the inevitable um, uh, voice of representation in a in a Disney Marvel movie of like, oh, uh, uh, America Chavez has um, two moms. And, and but but it's done in such a way where you watch and you go, this is going to get cut for the international market. Like you know, like do we know if it did? I, I, Last I checked, they they were standing firm on not cutting it. But but, but also that, it, it, it didn't have a release. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's just it, it it has that thing about it where you're like, we're sort of like putting it in there, but not really. Whereas like in the Eternals, it was it it would be in, impossible to cut out that character or to, to cut out those scenes. I think. Uh, no, they I believe did. they cut out the kiss. Oh, did they actually? They yes. cut out the kiss. So maybe, yeah. you, you know, uh, it, uh, <laughs> there's that thing. That it just, again, just leaves a little bit of a, like, a, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm glad they're starting to do some ground standing. You know, again, this is cis white dude talking about this, but fucking, you know, the the it's always nice to see representation, but even here, like the moms weren't a character. Like we didn't no. even have a moment with that. Exactly. Like we didn't have they, a, like a out. flashback. It, yeah. We we had like a vision of it, right? Like wasn't yeah. it in mm-hmm. her? I forget how we saw it, but it's like a memory replay. Yeah. System. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So so like I don't know. Maybe cut out some fucking John Krasinski and <laughs> yeah. throw in some like maybe two or three minutes of really nice dialogue about a loving fucking family, so you give a shit. Like yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I, and, I, and and actually, in in that respect, I was sort of a little surprised. Maybe, but but <laughs> but in a way, maybe not by the Marvel thing. But it was like, wouldn't an interesting storyline have her reconnect in this world? I guess well, I think I think I mean they're gonna America Chavez is not but going yeah, away. There's a, in the Marvel yeah, world, like it'll happen it. three movies from now. Like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think also, they're saving it. <laughs> Uh, Zochil uh, Gomez, I hope I didn't butcher that terribly, was like 14 or 15 when she shot this thing, mm-hmm. and which just boggles my mind. She's fucking awesome in it. Like, she goes toe-to-toe with uh, this kid, like, goes toe-to-toe with all these other folks that, like, 
just I, I'm talking about the acting game, not like oh she's powerful and she shoots star portals. I'm talking about like the legitimate <laughs> performance. Uh, I, I don't know. I I did not expect to care about the kid's sidekick, and she and I think I didn't because she wasn't, and I did care. That's a whole roundabout way of saying I don't think she's a kid's sidekick. I think she's a full fledged character in this movie, and she actually like she had a lot of personality that she yeah. established. Like that characters like that oftentimes it's really easy to skew annoying. Yeah. And she didn't. She didn't, like, even though she is kind of a, uh, like, an escort quest. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> she was so funny that it's like she wasn't an annoying escort quest. It's she like, was Elizabeth in Bioshock. Yes, uh, yes, where you're happy she's there. Yeah. I thought it was very, I thought it was very bold of Marvel to put her in a jacket with a pride pin that said love is love on it, so mm -hmm, that even mm. if they cut that scene, there's no way they're going to go through and remove every single shot Ooh, of the pride yeah. pin and the yeah. love is love you, denim jacket. You, I, you don't know how uh, much they, they care about the Chinese market. I was debating, <laughs> you know? I was like, I was wondering if, this is the thing, I actually was wondering, I was like, I was wondering if A, the pin was real or digital. <laughs> because if it was digital, it'd be easier, Sheer, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it would be easier to put a pin on every shot than remove a pin from every shot, or does it matter? It, it, it there, there is a technicality to this, but there is a sheer, for, for something like that, there is a sheer numbers game that would just go into the equation, which is that you can outsource that that task to two or three companies to say just remove that pin, and it would be easily done in okay. like about two to three weeks. You know? uh, yeah, I didn't in know, every I'm glad, shot, every scene of the movie. I'm very glad that they're sticking to their guns and not doing that. I expected it, and then when I heard that they didn't, that made me that made me very happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, look, we don't get a lot. I, I'm just saying. Look, I, I'm not saying like, oh wow, Disney, what a great corporation. Yeah, that's what, that's, what, that's. But that's where I'm coming from. Is that like, you know, we should you hold did, them accountable to be just like saying, fucking yeah. grow up here and have a gay couple in there that like really is gay and you're committed to it and you're not going to cut it out. Congratulations, like, you know, Disney. You stuck with the bare minimum. Yeah, you've done of what the bare you minimum. Be kind here. of doing all the time. <laughs> um, uh, wait, one question. Because uh, I don't know America Chavez as a character. Mm -hmm. Is there any? Um, uh, thematic correlation to to uh, Captain America because her the colors and the star and the pattern seem to like have this sort of visual like iconography connected to Captain America. But I was like, I don't know if that's just by chance or is it actually a thing. Well, it's Not really interesting because they kind of changed her lore in the movie, um, yeah. which I thought it was really funny that the aliens are speaking Spanish mm -hmm. um, because in the original version of events, like she does tr she get, does get separated from her mom's and she kind of travels through time and space and ends up i believe in new york if i'm correct right. mm -hmm. with a spanish speaking family and that's why she speaks spanish and so she's like very pro immigrant and she's like i i think that's where like the they name i think they name her america if i'm correct and that's I where i believe so yeah that's where a lot of that comes from where she, like the patriotism the the um outfit which to me makes a lot of sense because like I feel like immigrants are patriotic a lot of the time like my family was that way my like, first generation they're always like this country's given us so much we're so yeah. lucky to be here because there's people that spend their entire lives trying to come to America mm -hmm. and when they yeah. get here they then spend their 
you know, the other half of their lives telling their children how lucky, like that was my upbringing here. I'm sure you can relate. Like when my dad I'm a first generation like, myself. I'm an immigrant to the country oh, really? without, yeah, without, uh, so I'm the, I'm the generation that is raising the, like the first generation. Uh, <laughs> do so you do I, what my dad did and say like, when I was growing up in India, I didn't have these things. <laughs> oh, we, we definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. When I grew up in Fiji, I talk about like getting, having to get coconuts from the tree behind the house which i never did <laughs> you know like it's all bullshit <laughs> oh my gosh so i feel um, like that sort of patriotism is like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it makes sense the I, it, it was i was like i was trying to parse it's obviously the character in the comics and in the movie is named america it did make for some wacky dialogue if you didn't sort yeah, of like, understand let's go get America. Let's say it's America. like Doctor yeah. Strange has to save America, and you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like, there's a brain hitch that happened. Yeah, I was yeah. like, no, 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 we're yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would have been happy if she named her New Zealand. I would have been like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess, I guess, I guess we've been talking for quite some time. Uh, final thoughts. I'll start. She here. They can go. And then Jasmine, you can sort of take us home. Um, <laughs> I. I walked out of the theater unhappy, but I liked a lot of the things that we sort of discussed before. And to be perfectly honest, I'll take an MCU movie or any movie really that generates the sort of level of discussion. And again, it's not all sort of an elevated discussion. I think ours here uh, skewed more in that direction. But like, I like things that everybody is sort of talking about and trying to pick apart and parse and that maybe isn't perfect and is kind of messy and it lets sort of people have more discussions than just like, did you see John Krasinski as fucking Reed Richards? <laughs> so I I appreciate that this movie existed. Would there be things I wish they did different? Yes. I think the writing around Wanda is really rough, especially it, oh, really only because of WandaVision. I could see them writing a version of this where WandaVision didn't happen and them going away and sort of doing a similar thing. I also don't love MacGuffins. Uh, the Darkhold, yeah, we heard about it before. I think we, we heard about it in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and they did a kind of a, a, a more decent version of explaining what the Darkhold is, but again, they're wishy-washy on if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is sort of, I mean, I guess it is because of Coulson. I don't fucking know. Bottom line, I like this movie more after talking about it more. <laughs> and I do, and I when I walked out of the theater, I was like, I'm not watching this again. And now I'm like, I want to watch this again. And that's where I sort of landed. She here? Uh, you know, when Martin Scorsese said that thing about MCU movies, he described them as theme park or like amusement rides. Uh, I think he got very maligned for that. But it, honestly, what's happened now with my experience of these movies is I am... <laughs> like the parents taking their kid to the to the to the amusement park where it's like look yeah let's do this you know like it's fine you know like cool i'm glad you're having a good time and you're situation? the kid matt oh, okay. you, yeah right. you're the kid um no like i i am so detached from like caring about the continuity of story where it's just like oh wanda's wanda's this now cool okay okay let's go let's let's see where that goes kind of thing um you know uh, I, I and for me the experience was definitely improved 
by that that long period of not being able to go to the movies and just being able to go see a big movie like this. And then 100% improved by the fact that I went with people who really love this material. And I like that these were also people who weren't like, die, you know, write or dies about this. They were, you know, like critical when they wanted to be. I think as a, as a, as a movie experience on its own, I think it's very middle of the road. Um, you know, it has like really interesting highs. It has a lot of, you know, like really depressing lows. Um, but I like seeing Sam, someone like Sam Raimi expressing his um, unique brand of comedy horror in on a large canvas and seeing it not diminished in any ways. It also does feel like uh, a cover band doing it, but a really good one. <laughs> and and so there's this, there's this sort of like complex combinations of things which I would use to describe a really good ride at Disneyland or a really good ride at you know, Universal Studios where I was like, yeah, that was fun. Um, right. So yeah, that's uh, kind of where I land on it. Jasmine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh man, it's, <laughs> it's divided. There's things I really liked about it. There's things I really didn't like about it. Overall... I did think it was an enjoyable film. I do think I would watch it again. Uh, I do, however, long for a Doctor Strange movie that doesn't feel a duty to the greater MCU. I think that's what I liked more about Doctor Strange 1. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that every single film needs to push forward the overall narrative of the universe. I think we can have movies that don't do that. but I understand that compelling people to go watch the movie because this is going to tie into Quantumania is, is a big part of Marvel's marketing strategy. Um, I, I also kind of, it's, it's strange. I wish they would take more risks because the more I think about it, the more this feels like Raimi is fighting yeah. <laughs> the MC. It's like a custody battle yeah. uh, versus like getting something that is very squarely one way or the other. And I wish that Marvel was okay with not being so formulaic and was okay mm. with some movies coming in and just being completely different than, mm. than what we've seen before and subverting those expectations. And yeah, you run the risk of people hating it, but you also run the risk of people liking it even more. I think my mm. biggest disappointment was the, from the movie was that we saw this great trailer where you see them go through all these different dimensions. And I was foolish enough to think we were going to spend yeah. time in those places. I, no. I truly yeah. was foolish enough to think we would have 15 <laughs> minutes in a cartoon realm. Fifteen, yeah. Like that new Silver Surfer Black comic. I thought we were mm. going to get just some really good 70s type of stuff. And instead, we got a the multiverse version we got to go to was so similar to what we already had yeah, that yeah. it just became a joke to me. Like, oh, pe- pizza balls is like the big look. It's different. They're they're balls. Look, yeah. there's flowers. There's no everywhere. sausage fingers here. There's no sausage fingers in this movie. Yeah, it's it's have different. You, seen, you know, have, have you seen everything everywhere all at once yet? No, I really need to if, see that if, movie. If you want that experience, that is the movie, and it and. You know, uh, unequivocally, without even knowing your movie taste very well, you're going to love that movie. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's I'm definitely yeah. going to check it out. It's on my list. I've had a writing deadline. Make it a priority. So I need yeah, make no, it a priority. No, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go out of my way. As soon as I submit this final draft tomorrow night, I'm going to yeah. sit down and watch <laughs> it. But yeah, I almost feel like they, they lampshaded it because mm. they turned it into a joke of like, look, here you walk on red. Isn't that weird? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. 
shut <laughs> shut the fuck up like and they kept joking about it like you walk on red Ooh. i was like stop this is so stupid you just you just crashed through 20 realities more interesting than this one yeah, yeah. this is the one we spend yeah. so much time in where 20 minutes 30 minutes of the plot doesn't even go anywhere we're just here that that did kind of kill me but yeah. I think that I think that speaks more to the potential of the film. Mm. And I think it's not fair to look at like what the movie could have potentially have been versus what the movie was. I have the same complaint about this that I have about uh, the DC film where it, the, the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Let's not pretend right. that was a Birds of Prey movie. That was a Harley Quinn movie. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have my thoughts with this where it's like, this isn't really a Doctor Strange movie. This was a let's wrap up the Wanda's story movie. Mm. Um, and and so it's like, I think they, they it should have been, when you start talking about multiverse of madness, my brain is naturally going to think. Yeah, it should be it should be a wild ride, right? Like yeah. that title yes. should make you go, oh my God, we're really in for it. But you're right. It's one scene. They went to that, three places. They went to three yeah, multiverses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and, the, and that one scene, you're like, whoa, are we going to come back through all these worlds? Are we going to spend time in these worlds? I'm like, yes. And then we're in this place where, like you said, pizza bowls and we go on raid. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see Wanda versus Wanda. I wanted mm. to see Strange versus Strange. I wanted to see one version. I mean, we got a, a second of that, and it was yeah. good. Imagine if we saw, like, multiple versions of Strange that are trying to kill America and this one version trying to keep her alive. That's the type of stuff I wanted to see. And even that moment where he asks her, what are you going to do with that reality's version of Wanda when you decide to take over her kids? And she's just, like, doesn't really have an answer. I'm like, where's the cool villainous one-liner? I mm. like why not throw in a line once again writer brain hanging why not throw in a line being like well she got 20 years with her kids that's more than I got like something mm, yeah. there to really drive yeah. that narrative instead she's just but like I, you know a, a puppet but I did like, like a, her resolve there which is that when she gets she has to accept being a villain in front of those kids you know like yeah. I think that was like that was actually a compelling idea Did I still she go accept back to those it, though? I still go back. I, I, I think she had to I still face go back. She knew those kids, kids for like three days, <laughs> right? Three I, fucking days, and like I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I can't. all I, the I, only I, thing evidence I have to go on there is again after two days with my kid, my wife would absolutely push me in front of a bus in order to save my child. But here's the deal: <laughs> she wouldn't do that. If a random new kid at your kid's age just blinked into existence and you're like, this is your son. Yeah, that's not your kid, really. <laughs> like, that's where, because you, you've spent years with that child. She spent years with that child. Yeah. Wanda had, like, a, I'll give her a week. Right. I don't even know the time differential in that. But even I think, with that, right? Like, if we wanted to push on, like, the motherhood angle, once again... The narrative doesn't set her up that way. He yeah. has this moment where she's like about to kill a bunch of people at a monastery. Right. <laughs> you have this moment where he asks her, and she, what does she say? You you gave Thanos the time stone. I had to kill my husband again. In that moment, she doesn't even mention her fucking kids. Mm. She is acting like she is doing this because of the trauma of killing Vision, and yet Vision does not come into her plans at any point during the movie. But she opens the film not once, but twice referencing how much Vision's loss broke her. 
And then doesn't bring it up. And then it becomes, I'm like, okay, but if you're about to kill people for your kids, why are you talking about Vision here? She has a whole scene where she's like, I had to murder him and it was for nothing because of you people. You gave Thanos the stone. Why would you do that? I'm like, I thought this was about your kids, Wanda. I thought this was about your kids. That robot can't even have babies, Wanda. Why are you talking about him? Also, side note. <laughs> Even everyone in the MCU, granted, they question it, but they also know that Doctor, Doctor Strange made a choice. That his other doctor guy shows up at the fucking wedding, and he's like, yeah, but like, did you have to, though? And Strange is like, yeah. So like, everyone already knows, probably including Wanda, that he had to do what he did for that existence to continue. And then to have Wanda be like, it meant nothing. It's like, actually... You and every other fucking commoner know that it meant everything, but sure, commoner. great. Like it's just like I even can't. the peasantry know Wanda. Even... <laughs> Michael, look, Michael Schulberg, like collecting a paycheck to like come in and do this line about his cat. I'm like, I'm all about it. You're like, you know, like give this guy as much money as he wants to come in and do this one line. That guy's an incredible actor. Like I'm watching yeah. him right now on the staircase. Um, you know, remember him from Call Me By Your Name. He's, he's so good. So I just like that, like he just comes in and probably just collects a huge paycheck and royalty checks for the rest of yeah. his life on this thing. Get out. You know, I feel that way about Bettany in WandaVision. Well, yeah. Right. Like I never really cared about Vision until mm. to me WandaVision was Bettany's story. Like I was yeah. like, right. yo, this man is putting on an acting clinic in a Marvel Look, show. If he can take those yeah. royalty chicks and make a new Master and Commander movie, I will be so happy. Like I was just like, just do that. Just like at least at least take the money and do something cool with it. He's gonna live his best life. That's yeah, that's true. Do. He's married to Jennifer Connolly. Like, you know, he's what does he need to do this for? Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he's being everybody. brought up in the Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Hey, everyone. This has been the only <laughs> podcast about the film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Jasmine. Jasmine. We've lost her. Is. We lost her. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and discussing all the strange things. Where can folks find all the wonderful things you do? Yeah, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at that bronze girl. I've got I've got my name on all the platforms. Excellent, excellent. Any any uh, uh, you have your your weekly D and D show that you do uh, mm -hmm. that you GM for? What what nights is that? Tuesday night, six p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Awesome. And yeah, awesome. I'm live about six days a week on Twitch. Excellent, excellent. Shahir, when you are not, you oh know, boy. putting motherhood above all else, where can <laughs> folks find you? Uh, you can find me, oh God, I was about to say burying the placenta, but. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can find me lifting a bus to save my child. There we go. At my website, www.shahirdaud.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are finally coming to your senses and realizing that cameos do not make a movie, where can people find you? You can find me talking for exactly 35 seconds in, at someone else's website, which will then reference my website at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Yes, Jasmine, I do not have all my names put together. I need to get <laughs> on that. I am sorry. Also, please check out the good works we are doing over at Extra Credits. I believe by the time this comes out, we will have done our So You Haven't Read on the Joy Luck Club. It is an absolute delight and it is a great primer if you have loved that or if you haven't mm. read that book or 
if you've never read the book or seen the film, uh, there's just a couple other interesting things in there. Also, we are a, the second episode of our Tulip Mania. With everything that's going on in the economy, looking back at the Netherlands and the not-so-real financial bubble that happened around fucking tulips is goddamn fascinating. So if you want your fix on that and to feel a little bit... I don't know if it's better, but just have another look at another uh, societal's financial systems. Uh, again, air quotes, going into ruin. Spoiler <laughs> alert, it doesn't. Um, Additionally, uh, we also have a lot of emails that we are going to cover uh, in a future episode. Um, there are some great takes in there on a lot of different movies. Uh, one of my favorite takes about everything, everywhere, all at once is in an email that I will uh, excited right. to read about, uh, read out loud next week. You can uh, email so- us all in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and uh, we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> or not. <laughs> next week, next week, there'll be a movie. Uh, yeah, look, there's a... Um, you know, Jasmine, uh, what should I, we do next week? Yeah, is there anything you're excited about watching? <laughs> other than everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, We've done that one. <laughs> I know, I was like, now I'm going to have to watch everything, everywhere, all at once. I, I don't know what's coming out. Well, P- Celine Siama's Petite Maman uh, has got a, a wide release uh, now. And that is and it, not only a delightful film that I actually managed to see in a theater, but also only 72 minutes. So that is a real uh, a real selling point these yeah, days. It's a real dad movie. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's 72 minutes, guys. Right, we could be done that. with this in an hour and some change. Maybe that. Maybe that. <laughs> it's a beautiful film. Cremaster cycle. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk at you all next week. Jasmine, thank you again. Thanks, Jasmine. It was really great having you on. D- the Downton Abbey movie's coming out. If you want, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. If you ever want to have me back, I'll... we should watch the entire series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.